Hello lovely people this is Vatsala and welcome to Voicing the Void I have a special guest for you today Mazan Bivaji is the co-founder of Stokwity which is a platform for professionals to manage everything to do with equity He holds an MBA from INSEAD France and has a master's degree in industrial engineering from the University of Michigan He has over 6 years of experience in consulting in various projects including automotives financial services and healthcare hope you enjoyed the following conversation Hasan it's so good to have you on this show thank you very much for having me pleasure to be here okay so i obviously know about stokwitty and i went through the website and i think you guys are doing an amazing job i personally loved it and that is essentially how we got talking right but our first unintentional point of interaction has to be the linkedin post that was titled from tokwiti to stokwiti so uh, you wrote about why your first startup did not work out and how you came back with a bang so can you talk us a little through your startup journey so about tokwiti why it did not work out and what is stokwiti all about yeah so tokwiti was a solution to help private companies manage their shareholders the employee stock options and all the documents associated with it there are a few reasons why it didn't work out but i think the biggest one has to be that uh our product wasn't really something that these companies had to have it was more of a nice to have and hence there wasn't a lot of urgency around getting it set up it took us up to 6 months to to you know get someone on board on the platform and then after that they weren't willing to pay as much as we thought they would uh and reason for that we weren't fully automating the process like we wanted to do initially um yeah so those were probably the biggest reasons and aside from that i think there were also some cultural differences that we had to overcome being in france and both of us not speaking french that made it more of a challenge yeah so yeah i think that's so, why it didn't work out yeah so that is another uh, insight for our listeners i think uh, you realized that your product was not a necessity so uh, i think you should always ask uh, the question that what your product is intending to do to a company and to an organization why would they need it right so you came back with stokwitty and it's doing extremely well so can you talk about was it scary for you to start again i mean i know most people give up after the first failure so was it difficult for you to get back on your feet and go like okay i'm going to do this again <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh, uh it was it, it well to be honest it was we didn't even really decide to do it again it sort of happened mm-hmm. me and my co-founder had some free time and we thought okay let's build something and put it out there Uh, and there were a couple of things that we wanted to do very differently from Tokwiti this time round. You know, maybe we should focus on what we what we enjoy doing the most. Uh, and so we went out and built something and just put it out there and started getting feedback from people. It's still early days, but the in- initial indications are that people like it, uh, and we've been getting a lot of feedback. And so we just build with that feedback. So every day, you know, if someone tells us build a particular feature, we think it makes sense. We try and add it for them. Uh, and that's that's how we've gone about it so it's been totally different approach which has worked really well for us so far so great so you tried to analyze what did not work on out in the past and you tried to fix it so that is great 
So this pose that I'm referring to, with regard to Tokwiti not working out, you wrote and I quote, we failed many reasons why, but my only regret is we didn't fail sooner. Can you explain why we said this? Yeah, yeah. So I think what happened with Tokwiti, and I guess this happens with a lot of first-time founders, we we mm-hmm. wanted to hold on. You know, we really we didn't want to give up on the company. So we kept trying. Even when we got to a point when we knew that, okay, this is not really working, we still kept pushing for it. And so the last maybe six months or so out of our one and a half, two year long journey was really just me and my co-founder Akshay just trying to make it work against the odds, just working on it. But at the same time, we were enjoying what we were doing less and less. Uh, and yeah. so it, it went from being something that we were really passionate about, we really enjoyed doing, uh, to something that we just had to do and and it was just yeah I feel like not only could we have saved six months by ending it at the right time which is often really difficult to tell but if if we could have figured out when to end it and we'd ended it at the right time we'd have saved those six months and also I think we'd have saved a lot of emotional energy that we burned uh, during that time. Yeah so yeah we talked about this off the record as well that uh, you should know when it's time to give up. And I know perseverance is so important. Everyone talks about it. There are so many quotes about it all over the mm-hmm. place with that serene background image. So I know it's important and you got back up after your first failure. So you definitely demonstrate some level of perseverance. But it's equally important to know when something is not working out and give up on it before it's too late. So, because, yeah, you know, exactly. investing even more time and efforts into it is futile. And uh, you could instead be investing all of that into something more productive. I love it. So, I think when something is not working out and uh, it's not even fulfilling for you to work on it anymore, that is your cue to give up on it, right? But if uh, if one of these things is still happening, if it's making you happy, you keep going till it works. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just add one more thing that I've kind of noticed from talking to several founders. I would say probably the most important trait that I have observed in founders is just having determination. You know, that that belief that, okay, I'm going to make this work no matter what. And I think it's much easier to do that if you enjoy what you're doing. But if you stop enjoying what you're doing, then, you know, you, you can't really have that belief in that level of determination. Yeah. So basically with Stokwitty, it's a concept that already sort of exists, right? So I mm-hmm. asked you this before that, uh, how are you differentiating your product? And I love the answer you gave about uh, introducing it in an entirely different way. So I'd like, to share, uh, I'd like you to share that with our listeners. Yeah, so with Okudi, what we did was we didn't really look at our competitors. We just built something. Uh, we built uh, a game and... and we knew that others were doing it, but we built it and we put it out there, just asked people to start using it, got feedback and continued improving it. Uh, and what we found as a result of that was people would tell us a lot about our competitors. A lot of people who had used our competitors' products would give us feedback and say, you know, this is what you can do to make yourself better. Uh, and soon we started hearing from people that like, you know, your game is just more fun and we enjoy it more. Uh, and some of my competitors are, bigger banks that have built uh, stuff like this. And so through that, that kind of feedback was also really energizing. Um, and so, yeah, my one kind of takeaway from my Stokwiti experience is 
launch early, try and get feedback as quickly as you can. Uh, and that really, really helped us. It gave us a lot more motivation to keep working on it. And also just amazing insights. People told us about our competitors, what they're doing, what we could do differently. It wasn't just two minds working on it. It was everyone that participated that was giving us input on how to improve. Yeah, so feedback played a really important role in building up what Stokebody is today. So yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's important. And this is something that we did and kind of learned about from, from Tokwiti. Uh, hmm. was we sort of created a, a an environment where people wanted to give feedback. I mean, it's small things that we did here and there. Like we had a comment section in each of our competition. Uh, so, so yeah, I think it's important not just to like to actually get feedback from people, to actively go and, and talk to people. Hmm. We would, early on, especially in our first few weeks after launching uh, Stokery, I would call up our active users. I mean, that time we didn't have as many people using it. I would hmm. literally, you know, message them or email them and say, hey, can we chat? And we just, just talk. And you'd be surprised initially. You'd be willing to, to help you make it better. Yeah. Uh, it's it's good that you provided that kind of customer experience where you you were uh, undertaking that one-to-one -one interaction to know your, about your product and you had um, so many different perspectives uh, from different people and you just inculcated all of that into building Stokebury. So I think that is amazing. I mean, it's very evident from um, the work that you are doing, that you're doing, obviously you're doing very great. So yeah, so find a USP and uh, so you might be coming out with a product that is already in the market, but you need to innovate and create and then you're good to go. So um, Asin, do you have yeah, any- Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. So do you have any advice for our listeners, especially those who are just starting out in their startup journey, just new founders and what would you like to tell them? Any message for them? Yeah, so several things. Um, I think the first thing that I'll say is it's really important to have a co-founder. Mm -hmm. I, I know several successful solo uh, entrepreneurs, yeah. but having a co-founder makes things a lot easier emotionally. Mm -hmm. uh, the startup journey is difficult. There are lots of ups and downs. Having someone that you can share that with is incredibly valuable. It was for me. I started Tokwiti with Akshay and now we're working on Stokwiti together as well. Um, and I've heard this from a lot of founders. It, it gets lonely at times starting a company because no one else really can relate to what you're going through except your co-founder. Yeah. So, so that's the first thing, um, a co-founder. I think the second thing is, especially if you're building a product company, as I spoke about, you want to try and uh, build a product as quickly as you can and launch as quickly as you can. Uh, hmm. and, and that's often tough, especially if you don't have a programming background. I've, I've gotten this question quite a bit, which is why I thought I'd bring it up. Uh, if you don't know how to code, it makes it even more challenging to build a product, yeah. obviously. Uh, I would strongly advise that you try and get a tech co-founder to the extent yeah. possible. If not, there are lots of ways to work around it. Me and Akshay personally do not have a tech background. We actually learned how to code for Toquity. Uh, and, and then applied that to Stokity. But that's not necessarily the best way for everyone. There are many different ways to go about it. But but yeah, I mean, so that's that's the other thing on actually building the product. Uh, and, and I guess my last piece of feedback for an aspiring entrepreneur is make sure you're doing something that you genuinely are really passionate about and that you really enjoy. Because as an entrepreneur, 
you have to have almost this irrational belief that your product's going to work. You have to be determined every day, no matter what. Uh, and if you don't enjoy what you're doing, if you're not truly passionate about the problem that you're trying to solve, it's really difficult to have that level of motivation uh, and, and to kind of energize everyone around you. I mean, one of the biggest things that you have to do as an entrepreneur is sell a vision to people. You have to, you have to create that energy in your team, amongst your investors, amongst your users. And so that passion is just crucial to, to be able to do that. Yeah. So how did you come across your co-founder? Like, was there, is it just due to the fact that you were friends or, or maybe for uh, people who are listening to this, how do you exactly know that this is it? Because, you know, you sometimes need to diversify when you're finding a startup together, like have a tech guy for something and have a marketing guy and all of that. So do you think that is important, that plays an important role in the success of a startup? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and yeah, like you said, it's kind of tough to find a co-founder because you're really trying to balance skills. Mm-hmm. But in my case, and I, like really, I think everyone's story is unique, but I, I can tell you a bit about us. So I met Akshay in business school uh, yeah. and we, we had the opportunity because of that to work together a bit on a couple of school projects to start working on, on my previous startup before. Uh, so we, we had a lot of interactions and we knew that we could kind of work well together. We Our personality sort of balanced well, even though we didn't have the skill sets that we needed in terms of neither of us knew how to code. Uh, but because we had that, we kind of could figure it out. We learned how to code over time. Uh, and we kind of took on different roles within that as well, which kind of fit in. Akshay is a more visual person he's a lot more organized so he ended up working on the front end focusing on the design my skill set's a little different and so i ended up working on the back end when it came to coding so my point here is that if you have people who are compatible on a like personal level and you know kind of balance each other out that way i think it's easier to acquire hard skills if you need to it's not the best way to go of course if you find you know a tech co-founder who you if you're a business person you find a tech co-founder who you can uh, gel with perfectly then that's ideal but sometimes you can't always find that and so what I would say as advice to people is focus more on uh, the soft skill fit uh, and then the hard skills you can figure out as you go along yeah so you take action and you figure out um, along the way how you need to go about it so was it the personal compatibility did it ever um, stand in the way of how things were working between you two because you do have friends and you know it can get really it can be something that that gets awkward at times to be talking about something if it's not working out so you feel did you ever at any point feel that the personal uh, level bonding between you two uh, stood in between of your organization and how it functioned yeah, I mean, that happens, especially when things are not working out. In our case, uh, Akshay actually sort of knew before me that, you know, this is not working out and that we're dragging it along. Yeah. Uh, and I still wanted to kind of give it that energy and still keep trying. Uh, and so that was a little frustrating for me because, you know, I I still wanted to keep trying. And Akshay, I could feel like he, he wasn't as excited about it anymore. You know, he wasn't... Uh, he didn't want to like get up early and go to meetings, for example. I mean, it's small things here and there that, that can get a little frustrating. And it yeah. did 
temporarily sort of affect our personal relationship. It does. That's unavoidable. But like anything else, I mean, just being open with with each other and being able to talk about it uh, and it helped us kind of get over it and, and do the second startup together. I mean, if I'm honest, after the whole thing ended, we felt like we needed a bit of space. Uh, you know, we both traveled a bit. Uh, I, I came back to Dubai. And, and so, so we had, you know, a month of like just space and figuring stuff out. And then we, you know, started talking about again and, and got working on Stokely. So we, we, we worked through it and it takes time. Uh, but that's how all human relationships are. I mean, it, it, it's funny, but I feel like a co-founder relationship is almost like having a girlfriend. Like, I mean, it's a similar kind of that's, dynamic. That's uh, like, it, it, it's it's good, but it really is. I agree. I totally agree. Uh, yes, that. exactly. Because no one understands you better, you're going through the same thing. <laughs> exactly. And bigger all the time. I get it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and on top of that, you know, when the startup ends, it's it's sort of like a breakup. So it's uh, yeah. it's tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's easier to talk uh, upfront about these things, and like divide responsibilities among uh, the people that are starting up. I think that uh, prevents the awkwardness or the uh, maybe the personal friction that can that may enter later so yeah that yes is yeah and the other thing that i would like to point out here is uh, you know a lot of people including uh, y combinator the, the famous accelerator in the us have pointed out that co-founder relationships are the number one reason for startups failing because mm-hmm. if these relationships break down you don't have a company anymore uh, yeah. And so that's why, again, it's so important, like you said, to, to talk about stuff up front and to be transparent and, and be able to communicate well with your co-founder and make sure you get along before you get into the venture. Yeah, So. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure the listeners are curious enough by now and uh, they're Googling Stokepity right now as we talk. Yeah. And I can I, I almost hear the tapping sounds on the phone right now but uh, just in case some lazy asses don't want to google it i'll attach the link uh, to the website in the description so you guys can awesome. check it out from there so any other thing that you like to tell our listeners before we part ways i'll just add that a startup is a lot of fun i, I think that was the biggest reason for me to do it yeah. i i had the opportunity to go back to a corporate job I just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost addictive. Once you do it, you just, uh, <laughs> you want to keep on trying. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's really hard though, but it's, I mean, that's what makes it rewarding. I guess what I wanted to say was why I, I had so much fun, uh, even though I failed doing my startup. And I think it's two reasons, right? It's working with someone that you really enjoy working with. You choose your co-founder. Uh, and, and the other thing is you only work on stuff that you truly want to work on, right? You're always adding value. I mean, if at any point I felt like, I don't know why I'm doing this, I just stopped doing it. Whereas in a corporate job, I found at times I was doing a lot of stuff, which I would question and say, why am I doing this? And it was like, well, because so-and-so wants it. And because, you know, we need really pretty slides for this meeting. Um, So you're, so yeah. you are your own boss. That is the biggest advantage of a startup. That's a, yeah, you're your own boss, but also the work is more uh, gratifying, right? I mean, yeah. you're never actually your own boss. I think that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, I mean, your <laughs> users are your boss or your customers are your boss. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, they tell you what they want. Yeah, but I it's love just that, a, yeah. You have more of a decision-making ability and you have more power to like, 
pick where you want to focus and how you're creating value. Yeah, so you have that discretion to work on anything and experiment as much, which is why uh, when you talked about just quickly launch the product, I think uh, a big advantage of a quick launch is that you get a lot of time to experiment. And if exactly. you're willing to fail, that is even better because then you get back up and then you start again and then you experiment again. So I think a quick launch helps a lot in that sense. And also uh, when you're working for your own startup, I think it's your efforts are going into something of yours. So you, you started this thing, you started this beautiful thing and uh, all your decisions are actually affecting that. So I think that, um, so this podcast is the closest I've got to starting something of my own. As you know, I haven't found any company or established any startup. So, but I love this. And I think um, when people like you and me interact, we can feel that um, that passion about having something of our own. So, yeah. yeah so, yeah, that was great. I, I love this conversation, Mazin. And I hope our listeners love listening to it as much as I loved recording it. So thank you so much for taking time to do this. Thank you very much. Really was a pleasure same here same here i hope we create some more meaningful conversations in the future yeah looking forward to it looking forward to it thank you very much that was an amazing conversation with mazen and i've been sitting here the whole time with a pen and a notebook taking notes i can get really nerdy like that so for those of you who did not take notes i am gonna summarize my notes for you so the first takeaway is fixing your failures and things might not work out right away but you need to analyze what did not work out and fix it and get back in the game the second important takeaway is know when to give up if things are not working out there's a free chance they might not in the future as well so you really need to analyze and if you can fix the flaw great but if you cannot just let it go if it's not making you happy and it's not working out that is when you know you have to give up on it the third important takeaway and this is something Mazin emphasized on throughout the conversation was the importance of feedback and customer experience so make sure your customers are having a favorable experience with your product ask for advice and improve along the way so you know it only takes a very small and satisfied consumer base to build a successful organization so it would be highly ironical if i don't ask you guys for feedback i love receiving feedback in fact my friend karamjeet singh walia sent me a feedback the other day and he also sent me pictures of the notes he made while listening to one of the episodes so shout out to him for following the episode so well so if you have any feedback or any questions you might have for me you can always reach out to me on linkedin if you don't use linkedin you can also follow me on instagram my handle is dot 16 i'll spell it out for you v-a-t-s-a-l-a dot a-r-o-r-a dot one six your brilliance is one of a kind and you are more special than you will ever know my friend thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for happiness